As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! Hey, welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I'm your host, Josh G. And if you listen to our Return of the Living Dead episode in October, you heard Ed. Well, now you're going to hear the other co-host of the Film Effect podcast. Please welcome Sean to the show. All right. Good morning, next favorite movie. Or <laughs> good evening, I should say. Josh and I are recording 10 o'clock at night, but either way. That is true. That is true. Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate hey, the invite. Hey, absolutely. You knew it was going to happen. Once we recorded H2O, you knew it was going to have to happen at some point. Yeah, dude. And that we, we got that bad boy coming out week or so from now so that's gonna be good time for all the listeners oh i can promise you by the time this airs it'll be out (laughs) i'm sure (laughs) but uh why don't you go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about film effect all right so uh film effect podcast was started by my partner and best friend uh ed snyder that's actually something he and i have been kicking around for years a little dream of ours and then he wound up taking advantage of well i shouldn't say taking advantage but Time off, downtime, lockdown, pandemic. He wound up investing in the right tools and equipment. Got it off the ground on his own after doing a little thing with his daughter last year. And um, he was doing really well with it with the solo format. And then within about the first, I don't know, six or eight weeks or so, we always knew he was going to have me on eventually. He, he demanded that I do Michael Mann's Heat, which is my first episode. And apparently within the first five days, it turned the biggest numbers he ever saw. And by the following week, I had an offer. And he's like, "Um, you're doing this full time. We got a winning formula. And basically, we do a little different because we do, you know, we tend to go, if anybody's listening, I know you have, we've got episodes around for four hours because we'll just get lost in it and jaw about everything related to the film in, po- you know, in question. And we do that full, I think a lot of people like our full, you know, beat by beat plot breakdown that we do and kind of dissect the ins and outs, nuances, what could have been, what didn't works. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, we got a ton of episodes out there, a ton more coming up, and and many more lined up for the rest of the year, including next year. So I hope your listeners have been checking us out. If not, we look forward to adding new ones to the algorithm. Hey, absolutely. I, 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 I'm i a big supporter, so I highly say go check them out. I listen to them every week. So Yeah, I mean, people get a kick out of it. We're getting feedback from – all over the place, talk about the chemistry. It's like it's it's you know entertaining but hysterical at the same time. Whether you're into the movie or not, these guys are going to be, you know, give you a fun ride. Which is you know ultimately it's our our goal is to make everybody have fun, shed a little bit of light on a title that somebody may not have seen or share love for a title that others had. You know, right? And we're going to be doing something similar to that tonight. Yeah. We are going back to 1986 and we're going to talk about running scared. They've got guts. I can't believe that you missed all six shots. They've got nerve. Hi, we sell kitchenware. Do you need a lettuce crisper? And they've got style. We lost a suspect, our keys, our car, our pants. Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal with cops like these. I hate this. We're making good time. No wonder Chicago's. Oh, no. Running scared. We're not scared. We're smart. Rated R. Starts Friday, June 27th. Hell yeah, man. (laughs) I think anybody who's listened to our show knows that I am probably the biggest supporter of what I consider the greatest buddy cop movie ever made. And yes, I'm looking at you, Lethal Weapon. 
<laughs> All right, so let's go back to the beginning. When did you first see Running Scared? Uh, would have been on cable. I distinctly remember a very good friend of mine from high school. Uh, his mom, you know, turned us on to it. We were, I was in probably 10th grade, 10th or 11th grade. Tony was a year behind me. And she had recorded it off of HBO. And it was something we used to just get a kick out of. And we would have like, you know, sleep over, just hang out on the weekends and stuff. And it got to be something where we literally wore that VHS tape out just because the film was it's just so hysterical, um, quotable, especially when it's two buddies talking about it. One person plays Hughes, one person plays Costanza. You do that back and forth all day long, which is what something that he and I still do today, 25, 30 years later. You know, so, yeah, it would have, it would have been shortly after its theatrical run. Um, so it'd be early 90s by the time I, that was the first time I remember seeing it. Um, I can't remember renting it until after Miss Sharon had loaned us that VHS that we wore out. And then I'll never forget, there was a Holly, old Hollywood video across the street from my old work that I was chummy with the manager and um, found out they were, you know, closing up shop. And I went over there one Friday night. I'm looking around and just trying to find something to rent. And I noticed there's not one but two copies of the Running Scared DVD sitting on their just comedy section. And I'll never forget they had a huge line. And I went up to the counter. I think the guy's name was Matt. I'm like, I got the, you know, the, the, the cover disc in my hand. And I said, dude, um, you got two of these over there. And I know you're unloading a lot of old inventory. And I like cut in front of people. And he's like, give me a second. He types in the computer and he looks at like whatever revenue the SKU number or title had made probably over the last fiscal quarter or year. And he looks at me, he goes, how's seven bucks sound? I said, done. And he, <laughs> you know, maybe get in the back of the line. He just hang on, man. And instead of, you know, processing around he just rang me out pulled the disc slapped in the case and sent me on my way oh, nice and i was over the moon like i hadn't seen it in years at that point and um there was times where i would watch it twice in a day oh, you know wow, okay it, it, yeah it would be there was more than once where i remember um you guys probably heard us talk about our friend joe vanker i remember him calling me one time like i he was coming over after work i had the day off and he called me in the mornings and we did well, i'm watching running scared you know having some breakfast then he called me that afternoon. He's like, all right, man, I'm, I'm on my way over. What are you up to? I said, oh, I'm starting cracking beers and I'm watching running scared. He goes, still? I said, no, again. He goes, Jesus Christ, twice today. And even Mandy will tell you, she's, she's walked in on me watching it when I just watched it the night before earlier that morning. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I, I, I'm going to blow your mind, though, Sean. What's up? I watched this for the first time this week. I had never actually watched this movie. Welcome to the party, pal. What'd you think? <laughs> Oh, I mean, I enjoyed it. I'm I'm learning because I also watched uh, When Harry Met Sally for the first time. Completely different movie. But yeah, sure. I'm realizing that 80s Billy Crystal is fun. Like, I enjoy yeah, 80s Billy Crystal. I didn't think I, I never thought that. Yeah. Yeah. Given the right material, the right setting, the right, you know, cast and crew, the guy can fire. I mean, again, like you said, more so in the 80s when he was younger. Not that I turn away from him now because, you know, he's older, more established. But right. there's you have to admit, there's just like literally and nobody knew until they got on the on set and started filming after, you know, because Peter Hyams had fought for Crystal and Hines when this was originally written. You know, there was they were kicking around Tom Selleck and John Travolta. They were kicking around Gene Hackman and Paul Newman. And he okay. wanted a couple of younger cops that, you know, weren't at the end of their career and <laughs> that way. And I, I, I like I had read that. 
when he name dropped Gregory Hines, who was known at that point for, you know, his tap dance. He had that appearance and, um, you know, hit Mel Brooks history of world part one. And by this time, I think he had done, uh, I think it was a movie called white nights, um, more like an action cop drama. But again, it was, you know, he was more famous for being a tap dancer, not necessarily his acting comedic ability. So studios weren't really behind it, but eventually they relinquished. And the chemistry just came, you know, came to life when these, anytime these two are on screen together, you know, you're laughing till you're crying, you know, at least I am every single time. And I know the line of dialogue, like Mandy won't even watch with me anymore. Because I just, I just won't, I won't shut up. I'm like, like muscle memory, I'm reciting the movie. That's not true. But she does. <laughs> Goddamn. By the way, she's hot. Um, so she does, but she's got to keep elbowing me. You know, nudging me in the ribs. Like you knock it off, and I don't even realize I'm doing it. I'm just doing it because I've probably seen this film easily. Easily, I'm in triple digits. At oh, least. Wow. wow. I'm serious. I am serious. I am. I am encroaching. Pro- I've never kept track on it, but I would say 200 is a safe estimate. Uh, way more than that. Yeah, Mandy's <laughs> way more than that. And of course, oh, naturally, <laughs> naturally, it's it had been bouncing around on streaming services. My DVD copy is with her dad, my father-in-law. I let him watch it a while ago. I forgot to get it back. And then you asked me to come on, <laughs> and they suddenly pulled it from all streaming services that I have. I got like four or five of them, and, and between Netflix or HBO, you know, or Prime. It was it was always there for the better part of a year, and because I, I was going to watch it the other night, yeah. and then I thought, you know, I really don't need to, even though I'd love to. Not, <laughs> and, you know, I'm not I, I'm not going to drop four bucks on something I could just close my eyes and recite. Exactly. You know? So <laughs> it's cool, man, that you that that was your first time. Was it now? Was it like me spitting it out so much on film effect to turn you on to it, or had you been heard of it? Maybe curious, and maybe I sparked that interest for you to. Look, I mean, what 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 got you to fire it up aside from us having this schedule? Uh, I mean, no, it was I mean, I had heard of it in title, but I hadn't really even seen a trailer. So I didn't know anything about it. So I can't say I was curious and you caused me to pull the trigger. You just your passion for it. And when I hear people talk about their fate, when I can hear a favorite movie, when people get passionate about it. Now that I've started this show, I kind of gravitate towards that. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Let me go. Let me get towards this. Yeah, he likes it. What, 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 what is he seeing? Let me give it a shot. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it gets a little confusing for people, too, because there was a there was Paul Walker did another film uh, about 10 or 12 years ago with the same title. Now, which, that one I've seen. Yeah, it's not a bad film. I, yeah. I have fun with that movie, but it's definitely not, you know, Peter Hyams, Billy Crystal, Gregory Hines, John Grease, right. you know. And yeah, I, I went into the Paul Walker film mainly because in the trailer they show that scene in the hockey rink, and I'm like, I have to see how this plays out. Yeah, yeah, that was always <laughs> that was always fun. That you know the the the, the third act denouement with the Dayglo <laughs> hockey rink and shit. That was that was a fun, fast little ride. You know, we may talk about that on Film Effect one day, or if you want to do Running Scared Chapter Two, we can discuss the Paul Walker <laughs> flick. I wouldn't have a problem coming over. With you. I just don't. I don't share the same kind of love for that one the way I do with this one. Okay, yeah. So, why don't you tell everyone a little bit exactly what Running Scared is about? All right. So, uh, Running Scared is set in what well, the time would be present day Chicago. So we're talking, you know, mid eighties and we're focused on two undercover uh, detectives 
named um, uh, Ray Hughes and Danny Costanza, played by Gregory Hines, Billy Crystal, respectively. And it's just, it's it's them, you know, it's your typical, you know, buddy cop uh, action, you know, comedy. And the, the big hook of the thing is, is uh, they find out towards the end of Act One, a big, uh, a major drug dealer named Julio Gonzalez, played by Jimmy Smith. They see him out on the street in a Cadillac after just putting away a couple years ago. So they know he's up to something and they decide to try to build a case. And about halfway through, you know, shit kind of goes south. Dan Hadaya plays the great, you know, over-exasperated, stressed out, screaming police captain demanding their, you know, you guys are off the book, you know, and, and, you, and loose cannons. And he demands they take their vacation. So there's a nice little segue to, you know, let you catch your breath and act two. They go down to Key West and, you know, recharge batteries, eventually coming back from Key West to, you know, issue, you know, put in their, their two weeks, like, screw it. We're done with this shit. We're going to retire. We, you know, we bought a bar. We were on vacation. We're going to go down there. And then what kicks it into high gear is by act three. Um, uh, Gonzalez kidnaps Danny's estranged wife. They're not divorced yet. They're kind of going through a divorce, but there's obviously still some love there. That's developed as a subplot. And it really just goes into the two of them you know, going after, going after Gonzalez to save Anna. But then there's also, you also got, um, there are two trainee cops, the younger cops that are like the rookies that is played by, um, John Grease and forgive me, uh, Stephen Bauer. Yeah. Stephen Bauer and John Grease, they play, uh, Stigliano Montoya. And there's a little bit of rivalry there. It's obviously like a little tough love situation between Hughes, Costanza, Constigli, and, you know, Montoya. But ultimately, all four kind of come together in the end and save the day. And, you know, it just – and it, it ends with um, – there's a great song written for the film by Michael McDonald called Sweet Freedom. It kind of bookends the film. And growing up in the 80s, that song was all over the place. It was cool to see it, like, you know, to realize it came from a movie. Because if you ever see the video for the song, there's Billy Crystal and and, and, and Gregory Hines appear in the video, too. And there's, like, okay. just, you know, yeah, there's, there's like, little homage <clears throat> to a lot of scenes from the film. But all in all, I think it is one of the best written um comedies especially of the 80s because that, that was a time where they were just kind of making them like they you know they don't make them like that anymore and this right. was lightning in a bottle capturing that chemistry there's a nice feature on the dvd it's not very long but it's on set and the two of them are like kind of talking outside a trailer or whatever and they talk about how they discovered what great chemistry and how good fr you know, friends they are and it is man it, if you want a fun you know light 90 minute hysterical thrill ride. I'm going to tell you, this is your best bet, man. Hands down. Okay. So, I mean, I think your love for it obviously comes across, but what is it that brings you back to this one versus like you brought up lethal weapon in particular. So I'm just going to use that as the example. The honestly, it, it's, it's the, the script mainly, I think, I mean, yes, there's memorable lines throughout all the lethal weapon franchises, some of our other favorite buddy cop movies, but it's going to be the script and the chemistry and Hyams, you know, Hyams uh, direction. You know, I actually had just watched this morning um, a film that he produced. I'd always wanted to see. It was Steve McQueen's latest film, The Hunter, which is about real life bounty hunter Ralph Papa Thorson that Hyams was a producer on. 
And that was from 1980. I don't know when he started directing, but it's really, it's really the, you know, the chemistry and the script. Just there's some, it's some R-rated adult humor, but the back and forth, the dialogue, the scenarios, I mean, it will have you laughing at least 85 out of 90 minutes. And the other five, you know, you're kind of biting your nails because there's, you know, some action set pieces going on. There's definitely tension. Stakes are raised. And I just think that, like, not to take away from Glover and Gibson, yeah, they had chemistry, but there was just something special about the sparks between Crystal and Hines in, you know, 1986 on screen. It's just, I don't know. It's right. lightning in a bottle to me. Yeah. All right. So l- let's do this. Let's say, probably wouldn't have been a good idea, but let's say they had went the lethal weapon route and went the sequel route. What would you have liked yeah. to seen in a sequel back in the 80s? Okay, well... I've, I've never given it much thought because I always feel like sometimes there's a great where the film, these films just kind of need to be left alone. But interestingly enough, they were trying to get a sequel off the ground. Oh, okay. um, yeah, this is true. Um, and they were trying to get it off the ground. It was shortly before. Well, obviously there was, there was the whole reason was, they saw the same thing I did. Like these two guys just fire well on screen. If we can get the right script and put them back together, it'll put butts in seats. But the film itself, you know, barely made $40 million. So there wasn't a lot of interest to it. But the last I had heard, and again, it was, it, it kept coming back and forth to the right script and the right tune. Last I had heard, the one that, that was getting closest to going into at least pre production before Hines' untimely passing was called Still Running. And it was going to focus on Hughes at the stands of now living in Key West, running their bar. And not a lot of details exist about it, but something would have called them back into action. And you would have got to see that, you know, that dichotomy between them again. And, you know, Hines passed away not too long after this. I want to say early 90s. I don't remember exactly when. Okay. Um, so there would have been, obviously, you wait too long. There's a lot lost, right. you know. So I would have, and I've always said even before I found it out, I'm like, it would be cool just to, you know, in fact, I even think I titled it Still Running. I said, it would be cool to have a part two of just, you know, Hughes and Costanza running this bar in Key West and, you know, getting up to their shenanigans, dealing with that shit. I mean, I don't know how you would, you know, put a gun and a badge back in their hands after they, you know, kind of hand in their resignation and hand turn in their notice at the end of the original. But that's kind of, especially at, at the very end, especially with the last shot where it freeze frames, whether or not they actually commit to that is kind of left up in the air, open interpretation to the audience. But funny enough, they they were trying to get something off the ground with them in Key West before Hines had passed away. And then once he did, there was, you know, you can't touch it. You can't just recast. So they abandoned that. All right. So, you know, we don't see a lot of buddy cop movies anymore. No, which is kind of unfortunate, actually. That was a good little subgenre, but yeah, sure, absolutely. I'll agree. But let's say they did decide to remake this. Who would you like to see in some of these roles? So, I was given that thought, uh, some thought before we went on just now. Um, because you had kind of sent me your you know, your your format, the questions and all to get me prepped, right? And I never ever thought about it before because to me, it's like, um almost like how I felt about Guadagnino Suspiria when I heard it was in production. I'm like, fuck you, don't touch it. It's a classic. You know, I'm never going <clears> to <throat> see it. And then when I see it, I completely change my tune. And that'll come through on Film Effect when we do my birthday episode um, late next month. 
So I never really thought about it much because I didn't want to taint the original, but then I had a pretty good idea and, you know, I don't know, it, it would change the tone, but again, given the, you know, the current climate and culture, this, I think, you know, there's a different type of comedy that's in demand. So I think, you know, and this is just something I came up with about a half hour ago. I think this would work well with like David Wayne and his gang of idiots you know, that he works with off of like wet, hot American. Summer not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and wander lots of stuff. So here's, here's who I cast. Um, and at least, so I, I had thought, and the, and they could be interchangeable, but I had thought it would be funny to have David Wayne directing. Um, and again, this would definitely raise the, you know, change the tone of the humor, but we definitely still get an R rated buddy cop comedy. So, and feel free to interchange who's Costanza, but let's have Seth Rogen and Danny McBride, okay? And then as the whole, you know, trainee, you know, rival cops, I think that would be funny to have Paul Rudd and Ken Marino, you know, kind of play a little bit against type, like punkish, you know, you know, cocky, you know, hot shots. And I, I don't know, I think, but again, we get a whole, we would get a completely different film. I feel it'll be more of like, lack of a better term, like a frat boy comedy than a highbrow, you know, adult comedy like we get from, you know, from this one. Okay, but I mean, like I said, I like those guys, so I think I'd watch it. Yeah, I would definitely, yeah, I would definitely, I don't know that I'd be there opening night, but, um, you know, I would definitely give it a run. And I think with the right is, as long as there was, no you know, studio interference and 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 the talent got to you know got full creative control with it i think that is a formula that would work like it would just be it would be fun to see david wayne call the shots on that and have those guys you know kind of you know run through groups and again he's got that whole crew that he always works with so he could fall back on those guys for the supporting roles like uh one of the standouts in this movie is joe panaliano is snake who's like the little informant weasel that yeah. he's stands and kind of bully up until, you know, he leaves the film by act two. But I mean, I just think, and I, it would just be fun to have, you know, Wayne dip into his bag of tricks and, and cast those roles. I think that would be a fun time. You know, I agree. And I'm just going to throw out, what was his name? Christopher Maloney as the, the uh, head sergeant or whatever. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Maloney taking standing in for Hadaya because yeah. Maloney could definitely go over the top, you know, yes. and 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 play very tongue in cheek when it comes to the right th that kind of role. So I'm with you with that. Yeah. You know who would uh who would you put in the role of Snake? I'm thinking maybe Joe Latrulio. Yeah, you know what? Yep. Now I had to think about who that was, but yes, yeah, that would be that would work. Who would, who would Michael Showalter be? Showalter, I, I don't know. Um, let's uh, let's play a weird man. What if Showalter was Gonzalez? Yeah, that's that's where my mom was starting to go to. <laughs> you know, he could just play it, you know, straight and evil, but still be a bit over the top with his delivery. You know, there we go. I think we got it made. We need to get this done. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, shoot uh, shoot David Wayne an email or get him to follow us on Twitter. Maybe we'll get executive producer credits. What do you say? <laughs> It's worth a shot, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Sean. This is what I want you to do. I think you've already sold it well. But for anyone who's not sold yet, I want to hear a final pitch on why they should give this a chance. Whether it's because they don't like Buddy Cop or whether they don't like 80s, whatever the reason. I mean, put honestly, you're going to put all that aside. Leave your druthers at the door. Let's face it. Who doesn't like having fun? 
And I can't think of anybody who wouldn't sit down. And, I mean, obviously, you got your 90-year-old fuddy-duddies who wouldn't get the humor. But, I mean, anybody from, you know, 18 to 60 can get a kick out of this film, man. I mean, again, it's, it's if nothing else, the script and the chemistry to watch these two guys play off of each other. And they do very well with you know, with the, the action set pieces as well as the comedic dialogue. And sometimes those go hand in hand. There's some really funny lines delivered during some really intense chase scenes and shootouts that, like, you're supposed to be on edge, but you're still laughing to the point where you got to rewind it. You miss some shit. You're crying. I mean, if you haven't seen it, guys, I've been, I've been touting this film for months across several episodes on our platform and now on Josh's, man. You know, there's worse ways you could spend a couple of hours. Yep. You know, <laughs> and by all means, if you if anybody listening, you know, finally pulls a trigger on it based on the recommendations, you can get a hold of me through Film Effect, or you know, uh, Josh will tell you I'm kind of new to Twitter, but if you want, I'm at Kid Schmoove on Twitter, and that's K I double D S H M double O V E. But you can link me through pod through the uh, through the film effect too. Let me know what you guys thought. I'm sure Josh would love the feedback too. You Absolutely. Know, to see whether and and obviously we'll take the good with the bad. You know, I know not everything's for everybody, but I seriously think like like Josh said, if anybody's been dragging their feet, you know, give it a run if you got two hours to kill. I don't think you'll regret it. I think you'll fall in love with it like I did. Um, probably won't revisit it 200 times in 20 years or twice in a day dude then you know we need to get together and have some beers and barbecue <laughs> but uh yeah man it's it's just it's just a great time it, it's really fun i got mandy into it you know she's watching with me four or five times now you know anybody i show it to is never disappointed you know and there's no way in the world i could sell it better than you so <laughs> thanks man Hey, I think, Sean, that's going to wrap this one up. I know you gave out your Twitter handle, but why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find the film effect? Okay, so our Instagram and Facebook is going to be the Film Effect Podcast. The Twitter for us is at Film Effect Pod. And then we also have a Gmail account, which is the Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, our episodes usually drop regularly uh weekly on monday afternoons but ed and i've been kind of ramping it up cranking them out we've been dropping a lot more lately we've got i think four scheduled for the, the upcoming week we're just ramping up for halloween so there's guys there we have tons of hours of content on there and i think the shortest one we've done still takes you two and a half hours to get through but it's in my opinion they're good times i look forward to you know jamming out to them first thing monday morning or or latest shit sunday night once he puts them up i just throw the headphones on and relive it and wind up you know laughing my ass off at our antics it's a good time i agree i agree take a chance like i said there's plenty of a backlog to get you through if you are waiting on a new episode there's they got hours upon hours of content yeah i think um just just he and i doing it together we've now done uh, i think we're approaching a total of 30 episodes just as host and co-host since March of this year, you know, so we're, you know, we're, we're, our algorithms definitely spiking week to week. You know, we're getting, we're getting good feedback and good traction. So we obviously, you know, just like, you know, your next favorite movie here, we've got, we've got a cool, we got a cool platform, cool thing going on, something a little different yep. you know, than some of the other guys are doing. And 
I, I, I personally have fun with it. My everybody I know has fun with it, and people I don't know tell us they have fun with it. So you can't ask for more than that. Nope. All right, and as always, you can follow the show at YNF Movie Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Available wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to come back next week as I'll have a new movie and a new guest. And who knows, that may become your next favorite movie. You guys take care. I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>